After Masses over the weekend, Deacon Bob came up to me and said, You shaved your beard, Father. And I said, Yes, I did, because for those of you who grow beards, if you don't do it right, it actually gets kind of gross. So welcome to my life, and I'll tell you why I shaved my beard. This has nothing to do with anything other than to show you I'm human and I'm, I make mistakes. So one thing I do like is that there's kind of a new movement in the Catholic Church uh, for people want, wanting to make everything Catholic because they just love their faith. And there's different beard balm companies that actually make like very Catholic-scented beard balms. So last year in January, actually this past year in January, tomorrow it'll be last year, um, I ordered a beard balm called Chrism Scented Beard Balm. So it's an oil. And when you grow a beard, you're supposed to use oils like every single day because otherwise what's ha- what happens if you're gross like me and you don't do this and you wear black clerics every day, you get white flakes all over your shirt, and it's gross. So if you come up to me and you say, what are you wearing, what cologne? I'm not wearing a cologne. I'm actually just wearing chrism-scented beard balm. So that has nothing to do with anything. I just thought I'd share that with you because sometimes people wonder why you shave your beard in the middle of winter when it's cold. So there, that's that. And again, it has nothing to do with anything other than I'm trying to do it right this time because as we head into 2021, I want to forget 2020, 2020, you know, it's like enough of that. But before I get in my homily, I just want to say Happy New Year to you because it is an honor and a blessing to have you here. If you're visiting from a different area, we're blessed to have you here. And as we enter into this homily, I'm just going to talk about a historic figure named Hannibal. And he was a Carthaginian king in 218 BC. And one time he stood atop of a Traveset. Uh, pass in the Alps, and he looked down towards a fledging Roman Empire, the kingdom he actually had come to destroy. So inflamed with this deep zeal to free his people from Roman threat, he drove his tattered and exhausted army down the mountainside, and one last obstacle actually blocked his path. It was actually an enormous boulder wedged into the valley floor. And it was impossible to move his chariots and his wagons through the pass unless the rock was dislodged. So there was a lot of attempts to move the rock. Some of the people used picks and hammers, but that failed. And then some people used different sacrifices and incantations to pagan gods. And if you don't know what a pagan is, it's somebody who worships the earth, the moon, and the sea, and the tree gods, all that weird stuff. But they were desperate. And out of his impatience, Hannibal just cried out, Burn it! To his half-dead troops, this irrational command seemed insane. Nevertheless, within a few hours, they took trees from around the area and brought them in and began a huge fire. And before you know it, there was like an inferno underneath and around this rock. And then you heard this deafening crack and the the rock actually split in half and the impenetrable rock was now ably walked through. And actually it changed the course of history. You know, when you and I try to bring lasting peace into our hearts or our families or societies, merely using psychological or diplomatic techniques or tricks We are like Hannibal's soldiers. 
attacking the giant boulder with hammers and picks. And when you and I put our hopes only in science and only in politics and only in money and human effort alone, we are like the soldiers with their pagan practices. And true and lasting progress, personally or socially, can only come with God's help, God's gift, God's grace. Otherwise, he wouldn't have had had to send us a savior. Now, Mary, the mother of God, I like to think of her as like a magnifying glass for her son. You know, she clearly makes known the presence of her son, Jesus. And if you take the son and you put it through a magnifying glass and you were a little kid, you would either burn paper or burn ants because then mom wouldn't be wondering, well, where is the match? Where the matches? Where is the lighter? You're like, oh, I got a magnifying glass. Mom will never think I'm doing anything wrong. And Mary does that for us. She actually brings the heat, the love of her son Jesus clearly to, to all of us. So we can have that peace that we actually long for. So a question I would have to ask us is, why do we place our trust in things that are simply not safe? Or won't keep us safe or won't save us? You know, some of us have all of our trust, whether we want to admit it or not, in sports. Some of us put our place, or place our trust completely in alcohol or even drugs. And some of us put our trust completely into politics and government. And some of us put our trust just in science alone. We've forgotten that faith and science actually go hand in hand. Some of us put our trust in extremely inappropriate things on the internet. There are many reasons why you and I don't trust God more, but mainly I would argue it's because you and I have been wounded. You know, something hurt us, something made us not trust God, or we listened to a lie that, you know, because of that, you're damaged goods. Because this happened to you, you are unlovable. Because this happened to you, you are unworthy. And the list goes on and on, but a lot of us have actually not sought healing in the power of Jesus. And I also wonder, you know, how often Mary is just waiting, saying like, I want to help you. (laughs) I want to help you know the power of my son, Jesus. And I would assume that Mother Mary only wants to magnify the truth so that you and I can stop living in the darkness and believing in lies and stop believing in lies that just make us want to quit, make us judge others, make us act like we're not, like we heard in our second reading today, that we're not beloved sons and daughters of the Father. You know, those lies that make you go in the dark and hide so no one will catch you. You know, on on Christmas Day, God was born. Jesus was born. He became one of us. And he is the the light of the world. And again, he wanted to go to battle with Satan, with sin, with death, with hell, to win you back so you can know who you are and to know whose you are. And who do you think taught him how to fight? It was obviously Mary and Joseph. And just think about it. For the next 30 years, Jesus grew up under the care of Mary, 
and Joseph, mainly Mary because we know that she lived longer. We don't know exactly when Joseph died, but we know that Mary lived longer because she was at the foot of the cross and Joseph was not. And until the day that Jesus completed his mission and opened the gates of heaven to a fallen human race, everyone was waiting for him, waiting for the truth, waiting for that deep ache in your heart to know that you're loved. And if Jesus Christ, the God of the universe, had Mary as his mother, then why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't I? Even on that day that Jesus hung on the cross, Mary was still by his side. And she probably had every right to want to tell people to stop it. She probably had every single right to tell people, do you not know how much he loves you? She probably had every single right to do a lot of things. But she was silent because she knew that he had to die to prove his love for you and to rise from the dead. And again, if Mary is Jesus' mother, then, then that means she's your mother and my mother. So when you and I were baptized, we all became a part of a family. God is the Father. And if God is our Father, that makes you and I brothers and sisters in Christ. And as St. Paul wrote to the, to the Galatians, it says, Jesus was born of woman. That means Mary gave him a heart. Mary gave, him a, gave God a face. Mary gave God blood. And she wants us to receive our adoption every single day to be reminded who we are so we stop trusting in things that just won't, they don't work. Because we are Christians, we can call God our Father, but not just, just, not just symbolically, though, but like truly. And that also means we call Mary as our mother. And then a hard step for a lot of people is actually calling Jesus their, their brother. And a few months ago, I asked a lot of people by a raising of your hands, who in here would want more peace in their life or in their family or with their friends or at work or in their community or in this parish and even in our diocese or in the world? And everybody's hand went went up. And just think about it. So if Jesus is the new Adam which he is, that makes Mary the new Eve. And the name Eve means mother of all creation. And now she was disobedient, so now we have Mary, the mother of God, who's obedient, who brings us a savior, and now she's like the mom of God, the mom of all creation. And she was ordained by God to be the mom of all of us. And if we truly want to experience peace in our hearts, in our families, in our world, you and I can do no better job than following the example of our mom, Mary. Jesus entrusted himself to Mary's care, and so should we every single day, simply by giving her just some of our time. Often people say, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I I don't have enough time. If you say, I'm too busy, or if you say, I don't have time, what you're saying indirectly is, you know when you're going to die. But none of us do. 
And for her part, Mary never stopped treasuring Jesus. You know, St. Luke tells us, as I said in our gospel reading today, that Mary kept pondering these things in her heart. She had a special place to pray. She had a special time and a place to reflect on what, this, what difference does Jesus make. And if you and I follow our mom's example by keeping Christ at the center of all we do, then his grace will gradually heal those wounds that you and I carry around from our family, from our parents, from, from people, from teachers, from our childhood. We carry these things around and we need to have those conflicts, those wounds healed, those conflicts re- resolved. And our mom, Mary, Mother Mary, will bring us back to the practice of daily prayer with her son, Jesus. We just got to get back to that. Our mom will lead us back to reverence, at Sunday Mass. And to begin to realize that you're receiving the body, blood, soul, and divinity of God, of Jesus. And our mom will lead us back to the sacrament of confession. So we can all be reminded that you are not your sins, that you are a beloved son or a beloved daughter of the Father. So the question is, how do we apply this to our lives? Beginning now, beginning today. Heading into 2021, I want to invite you personally to get a note card. I'm not very smart. If you went to my rectory and you went into my bathroom, you'd see note cards everywhere because I need reminders that I'm good. I need reminders that I'm a son of God. I have reminders that I need to remain at the foot of the cross with Mary. But what I want to ask you to do is to get a note card and write something specifically on that note card. And I want you to write on there asking Mary and Joseph to show you how much Jesus loves you and everyone else. And then each day, I want to encourage you to start on your knees and pray three Hail Marys after you make that petition. Mary and Joseph, please show me how much Jesus loves me and how much he loves everyone else too. And I want to encourage you throughout the day just to stop and slow down when you're tempted towards sin, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel like you just want to strangle somebody because they're getting on your nerves, just to stop and pray three Hail Marys with that intention. Mary, remind me of how much Jesus loves me. Mary and Joseph, remind me of how much Jesus loves that other person. And if you just take 30 to 40 seconds to do that, I guarantee you, you will have more peace in your life. And when you come across those giant boulders like Hannibal did that feel immovable, it feels impossible, Mary will remind you that nothing is impossible with God, with her son, Jesus. And you know, I can talk about this. You and I can talk about prayer, praying three Hail Marys. But we gotta start right now. On our knees, consecrating 2021 to Mary and Joseph and ask them to remind us how much Jesus loves us and everybody else will encounter.
So I'm going to ask you to kneel with me and to pray those three Hail Marys as we head into 2021. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary and Joseph, we just ask you to help us feel in a new way right now how much Jesus personally loves us and how he loves everyone around us as we begin our 2021 by asking for your help to keep Christ at the center of all we do. And we pray three Hail Marys asking this in faith that you will bring peace into our hearts and to those around us. As we all pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.